In this episode of Punk Rock Business School, we're going to talk to Dean Tompkins from Thunder King Brewing. He's going to tell us all about how he got his cold brew business started. We're going to talk about how to create a strong brand and lots more. Let's roll the intro. Hey everybody, Danny Thompson here. Welcome back to another episode of Punk Rock Business School. I hope you guys are doing good. In this episode, we're gonna to talk to Dean from Thunder King Brewing, as I mentioned in the intro. Couple things. There is a new Facebook page, uh, Punk Rock Business School. You can go over there. And I'm not gonna do a Facebook group. Facebook groups just turn into they devolve into a massive misinformation <laughs> group very quickly. Uh, so I'm going to stay away from that. But anyway, the page is a place that you can leave me a question. And I have a question for you. So in your current marketing or in your website material uh, copy right now, do you mention anything about COVID? And the reason I bring this up is I was looking at a potential coaching clients website. And one of the first things I see on there is, you know, here's how we're doing business during COVID or something about, you know, the protocols for COVID. And I always kind of cringe a little bit when I see that in marketing, because yes, things are different right now. And many of us have to do business differently. But I don't think that it's really a great idea necessarily or really just something you need to do to keep reminding everybody of that. So I kind of tend to lean more towards making my website still just kind of look like normal. Obviously, we have protocols in place to do business during this time frame, but I would much rather get that inquiry from the customer first, be able to talk to them, and then have a conversation about those things if need be. So I'd be interested to hear what you guys think about that. Go over to the Facebook page, Punk Rock Business School, and uh, let me know. I'll post uh, that question on the page as well. So before we get into the interview, I want to talk about lever number three in the seven levers of business. So lever number three is conversions, and there's a lot of different ways we can look at conversions. But one thing that I'm re I've really been working hard on lately is updating all of my email, my outgoing email automations and campaigns to make them more segmented and more targeted for customers. So really looking towards a few months down the road here when we get past this current last little bit of nightmare that we're all dealing with and try to start to, you know, when we get on the other side of that and people are really hitting us hard, they're out there wanting to do all the stuff they haven't been able to do for a while and you, maybe your business is getting lots of inquiries, we want to be able to make sure that we take advantage of those inquiries. So as we get leads, we get forms filled out, things like that on our in our digital marketing, we want to make sure our follow-up sequences are really good. So I've been digging in really deep and doing all these really detailed segmentations so that based on what the customer is interested in, the emails that are going out to them are different, different pictures and you know, different text and things like that. So that's something I've been working on. And along those lines, so I created a six video little series. None of the videos are very long and they're not super detailed. It's just kind of an overview of how Active Campaign works with some basic ideas of how you might want to use it in your business. So if you go over to punkrockbusinessschool.com, scroll down the homepage and down at the bottom, there's a place, click on that button there enter your email address and you'll get access to those six videos for free. I do want to mention, bear with me as Punk Rock Business School, the website is kind of in a transition from the old Music Lesson Business Academy uh, site over to this. So it's kind of a mess at the moment. 
and uh, I'm working on getting that all dialed in to uh, go along hand in hand here with the new show. So, um, but that should be working. Punkrockbusinessschool.com. Get the active campaign primer, six video series for free. All right, that's it. Let's get into today's episode with Dean Tompkins. All right, Dean Tompkins, welcome to the show. Not the first episode of Punk Rock Business School, but one of the first. I love it. <laughs> thanks so much for uh, taking time out today to be on the show. I really appreciate it, man. How yeah, thanks for having uh, me, man. How's everything going in your world? It's going. It's going. Uh, you know, it's good. Uh, I mean, business-wise, it's been a little wild this last year, but but we're doing all right, and things are good. My world's always good. I make it good. Yeah, yeah. That's one of the things everybody loves about you. You know, you're like a, a beacon of positivity. You know, which I think is amazing. Um, yeah. So we got. A, uh, I got a lot of areas to cover with you. So, you know, your primary business is Thunder King Coffee. Yes. And if you could give us a little rundown, like how did you get into that, and just give us kind of a scope of what the business does, and. Uh, yeah. So. I'm a hairdresser by trade. I started cutting hair in 2001. Um, Your hair looks very nice today. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it, uh, it's very... I don't have to worry about that. Yeah, you don't. Um, no, I, I started... I've been a haircutter and done all that. And um, I had some friends that had started a, a cold brew company years back and, and doing coffee. And I kind of, uh, you know... I helped them with a little bit of design and a little bit of art stuff. And I've always kind of messed around with illustrator. And so I helped them get their thing going and change their label a little. And, and then I really got into cold brew. So I, I started figuring out the filtration and, and all this type of stuff. And then I had another friend that had a coffee company it was like, Hey, will you help me with mine? And so I was like, yeah, you know, help him out. Uh, you know, get some design stuff like, you know, production and simple things like that, that not everybody knows. Um, and then uh, I was talking to a friend about it and I was like, you know, it's funny. I, I get hired as a consultant to do these jobs and help people and nobody listens. <laughs> and I, I think that's pretty common, uh, <laughs> you know, when people bring you in for business help. I can attest uh, to that. Right. Right. So um, basically I was, doing that and my buddy was like dude you should start your own company and, and it was like well i'd love to with all this extra money i have you know i just had uh we had just had our second son and it was like you know got a newborn baby and yeah i'll just start a new venture yeah uh and he basically was like how much money do you think you need and i had just gone through you know all that with these other companies so i knew exactly what it would take to get to market and and legal and health board approved and all these things. So I basically said like, oh, like 10,000 bucks. And so we started Thunder King with 10,000 bucks. And is this, is this your, pro your partner, Brian, is it? Uh, no, this was Taylor, um, okay. who's our, our other partner. So Brian and Taylor and me are Thunder King. Gotcha. Um, and Taylor is an intellectual properties lawyer. And so... Um, you know, he kind of helped me with paperwork stuff and I kind of ran with Thunder King and that was it. We got it, you know, we got it to market with that first uh, 12 ounce bottle in, you know, that first year. What year was that? Uh, 2015. Okay. So five years. Yeah. It's been five years. April, April will be our sixth birthday basically. So, gotcha. um, and as we were getting going, I met Brian who was friends with Taylor and he kind of uh, came in and he's a hockey scout. Um, he worked for the Dallas stars and he was in Austin and it was like, ah, I was thinking about coming back. And so we kind of met and then, you know, as we were getting going, he kind of, he came in and, um, took a more active role. You know, Taylor has a job. Uh, Brian has a job as well, but he also was like, Hey, I, I want to be involved with this more and work more. So then I had more of a, a working partner as well. Um, someone to bounce ideas off someone to work with someone to tell me no. Cause I'll, I'll make, you know, 
I always joke. Uh, I I used to want to make an AMFM fanny pack, <laughs> you know. And he's like, "Yeah, what? That's funny, but what? Why would you do that?" And I was like, "Well, why wouldn't I do that? You know, that's so. That's what I need Brian for. Like Brian is operations, and he is, you know, my cement. He keeps me grounded there, um, and we work really well together. So, yeah. so how would you kind of say?" you know, between the three partners, because I, I have two partners as well at the yeah. Music Factory. And we just kind of went through this recently where we kind of really laid out again, like what everybody's doing, you know, right. yeah. like I'm sales and marketing. That's what I love. Yeah. That's me. You know, on and, that side, Corey's operations, you know, and then right. Brian is really, he's the master guitar teacher. So he's oh, like, gotcha. Correct. Curriculums and teacher development and teacher training and stuff like that. How do you guys kind of split that up? Uh, well, that's, that's kind of it is, uh, I'm, you know, sales and marketing and, and creative side. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Brian is operations and, um, you know, really handles the day to day there. Um, and he, he's, he's a little, I'm very good with people like, Hey, Hey, that type of good with people. He's very good with people. Like this is what we need to get done. And this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Whereas I'm like, hey, if you have time, I'd love for you to make more coffee for us, you know, like to my worker, to the guys that work yeah. with us. Yeah. So whereas uh, Brian's a little better at that and a little more realistic where I'm, I think I'm a little more in the clouds. Yeah. You're the dreamer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is all making a lot more sense, even, you know, kind of before the, we started recording and you're, you know, in your home office there and you were talking about your 3d printer and artwork and design and building stuff. And that's all starting to make a lot more sense now because one of the notes that I had written down to ask you about is, you know, the branding of the company. And and that's something we said, well, maybe that's something we could talk about today is like, you know, creating a strong brand. And that was something for me when I was introduced to you and to Thunder King, that was something, you know, especially coming from kind of a marketing perspective. I was like, oh, this is this his brand. This is a really strong brand identity that they've yeah. built. You know, and that was something. So, you know, how did you get into that, you know, design and working with Illustrator and all that kind of stuff? Have you always been somewhat of an artist? Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you saying that stuff. Um, yeah. So I uh, I grew up in the skateboard world. So I'm a skateboarder um, and, you know, branding and skateboarding is a big, big deal. That's what you recognize with. That's who you side with, like your, your teams, your people. Um, And I always paid attention to that. And you, you kind of start to, you know, I don't know. I grew up in Orange County in Costa Mesa. So you see these things and you see different brands that stick with you and, and all these companies that started here and, and, and grow from here because of a lot of, you know, branding is important. So I kind of learned illustrator. I used to, so before I was a hairdresser, I wanted to be a shoe designer. Mm. Uh, that was my thing. So I have a shoe problem <laughs> to, this, <laughs> to this day. Uh, another, now, now that you mentioned that, uh, that's another thing I, I know about you. I've seen yeah. your Instagram. Yeah. I got a lot of shoes, uh, but <laughs> my i wanted to design shoes that was my thing that's what i was going to do and so uh you know you you trace things and and um my my dad uh has always worked in computer stuff and his buddy uh tom hawthorne taught me illustrator uh and i would just call him like how do you do this how do you do this and you know you you can get downloaded cracked versions of all the adobe programs and i kind of just taught myself and had his help and and every friend i knew if you knew stuff i would learn and i still am um and now with youtube you can just learn anything right right um but i've always kind of had the mentality of um what one man can do another man can do so like this guy knows how to do this i it's not like it's a robot doing it i can figure this out somehow um i might not be as good as that person but i'll figure that out so that's what kind of got me into to that um and then with thunder king you know the name so really the actual story is somebody had said i had said oh maybe three kings three kings coffee right Mm -hmm. and 
my son, my first name is Rexford. So I'm Rexford Dean Tompkins and I'm like the third Rex. And then my okay. son's a Rex. And so, and I have another son rock. So there's going to be three Kings. Like, you know, we three Kings, like, uh, and then somebody said like, Oh, that's going to go great with like the, the Christian moms. <laughs> and I was like, Oh man. Like, and no offense if you are a Christian, but I was like, well, that's not really me. So I can't yeah. do that. Right. Uh, so um, I play in a band called Mammoth Thunderpower. And I was like, oh, how about Thunder King? Uh, because I also didn't want the branding to be, um, I call it Etsy branding, mm-hmm. where everything is like, maybe there's a horseshoe and maybe there's like a bird <laughs> and like, you know, maybe Western-ish. And that's very like, that's how the cold brews were in 2015. So I wanted something to, to compete with monster and red bull and and those types of names. And I always wanted a K sound uh, because for some reason, I think that is good for branding like Mm. Coca-Cola and Kodak and gotcha. I don't know why in my head K is the strong thing and it, and it is good. So I said, I'm going to do thunder King and everyone's like, Oh, that's like ridiculous. And you can't do that. And that's when I knew I'm going to do that. Yeah. Um, and so that was it. I just wanted the bottles. I wanted to look expensive, mm-hmm. uh, which is why we kind of do that satin finish over the metallic. Um, and that was it. The whole, the whole thing with anything we've made with Thunder King is like, I started it in my kitchen, you know, and if I can make this look like it came from a factory, you know, or something fancy, yeah. then I'll be okay. Uh, because, you know, People want nice stuff. Yes. Well, it makes you feel a certain way too. And and I, I've always thought that way with products, you know, especially like food or drink products that like packaging is like 90% of, yeah. of it. When you're looking at a, sh- a rack or a shelf and it's like, oh, look at the packaging on that. That's yeah. really, that'll make Holy. you buy it, you know? So that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, really interesting. I, uh, and I think you really accomplished what you were shooting shooting for too, because I, I thought as well, like the brand, it looked high end. It, it, it really created a feel right away. It also kind of has, it, it also looks like you're a huge company or a big company. Yeah. So that's actually kind of, I mean, that's been great. It, it does, but it's funny when people are like, Oh, you know, I want to come by your factory and you're like, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Like we were in a rental kitchen to start, you know, for a year. And it's like, it was literally just me like making it, you know, I think I made 10 cases a week was the most I could even make, um, by hand. And it's like, you know, you ruin your body from, you know, making everything. And it's just, yeah, but it, it worked. It worked the way I hoped it would, uh, looking back, you know, so and, uh, you know, and so you primarily went into the cold brew cause that's what, you know, you had kind of been introduced to it was in, you know, yeah, so it's kind of a newer thing then too. Right. Right. So it started as a, a, a new thing. It was new. It's still somewhat new. Um, but before Starbucks had kind of done it, um, you know, we were one of the organic cold brew companies. Um, I think Seaworth was around and, uh, around here. Um, and, uh, in all honesty, there wasn't a lot of, so I, I kept calling co-packers when I started like, Hey, can you make this for me? Like, I don't want to, I don't want to make it myself. I want to have somebody make it for me. I'll show you how to do it. And the guy's like the, basically the one guy who agreed to actually do it said, you can, you're gonna have to come here and show us how. (laughs) So I said, okay, no problem. And then he said, well, you seem like, you know what you're doing. Why don't you just make it? I was like, this is not what I want. So, you know. Right. Your idea wasn't when you got into it to be in the garage, like, you know. Right, right. And that was the other thing, too, is I, don't, I didn't know anything about food. I didn't know food production. So yeah. everything I've done has been, like, above board with the health board, and everything is legal and licensed and, and, and approved because I don't know – I didn't know uh, any shortcuts. Yeah. You know, I didn't know any any ways to get away with that. Um, so yeah, to speak. and I would imagine, 
you know, that's probably one of those investments that in the beginning was cumbersome and maybe a little bit of a burden, but in the long run is an investment well worth making. Cause I know a lot of small food related product developers fly under the radar in the beginning. Right. And uh, won't spend the money that it takes and all that to, to, to really do it right. You know? And it's not that, um, it wasn't that big of a difference. Yeah. You know, maybe a couple more thousand dollars for mm-hmm. all these things. Um, and, and when we built our kitchen, so we built a manufacturing kitchen for cold brew, um, that's really geared towards coffee only. Um, and once we did that all above board, well, now we're, we're a manufacturer. So yeah. we are, we're private labeling other cold brews for people. Oh, okay. And if we didn't do that, dude, since the pandemic, we would be gone. Yeah. So if we so, didn't have that, we wouldn't yeah. have made it. So uh, let's back up just a little yeah. bit. Bring sure. us up to speed on, you know, so what's the, you know, just kind of the business model. Where do you sell the product and how does all that break down? And So, yeah, we started, um, you know, basically we were getting just cold brew bottles out to, uh, in the beginning, it was a lot of gyms, uh, you know, CrossFit people uh, loved it for the natural energy um, and things like that. And then at one point we got into pavilions. We were in all the pavilions markets, um, which was really great. Uh, Grocery is a completely different animal than I've ever experienced. For the non-Californians, that's a grocery store, right? Yeah. It's it's like um, Safeway uh, owned. Yeah. uh, Kind of fancy version of a grocery store, right? Yeah, it is. I think there's 20... What's that? I don't think I've been to one in years, but yeah, there's 26 of them in Southern California. So we ran all of those, but it just, that was a, you know, like I said, we were learning all this. We didn't know food. So, um, but restaurants and, and, uh, bars, things like that, uh, always worked well for us. Independent grocery stores, um, work really well for us. And then in the last two, last three years, we got in or last two years, we got into the, um, convention centers. So Anaheim convention center, uh, was a huge account for us. Um, Tom that runs those, you know, kind of had our cold brew. And then, you know, over the last two years, we started roasting our own beans. Uh, so we kind of went backwards. Most coffee companies are a roaster and then they'll make a cold brew. We started as a cold brew company and then realized like we need to be controlling everything that yeah. we do um so we brought in uh rob wallace who's a he's a musician as well and we kind of met and uh you know talked about jawbreaker and i was like <laughs> oh you're the guy <laughs> yeah you know please so uh he came on board and and then we had a roaster so then we could offer you know beans cold brew like everything for your restaurant your place of business offices uh, a lot of offices now have kegerators, but they did until mm. they were shut down. Um, and then uh, for a while, you had kind of like a coffee bar in a restaurant, correct? Yes. So we uh, there's a restaurant in Costa Mesa that we had teamed up with, and they had a vacant space next to them. And so we were going to set up a coffee shop there um, for the mornings, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, the city wouldn't allow it because of parking and all these yeah things and so we said well your restaurant opens at five why don't we just do it in the morning inside there so we essentially opened a coffee shop there but since they're a restaurant they wanted it to be more food yeah and like you know very uh they're a mixology place you know fancy drinks so fancy coffee drinks and that's great but it's not not it's not fast it's not very it's not very thunder king um And it was, uh, it was good. It, I think it was open for a year and a half. Um, and it, it did, uh, great. We liked it. It just wasn't, it ended up not being like, I want a coffee shop for you to come and get coffee and then go to work or yeah. go do your thing, get it and go. Like you can write your screenplay somewhere else. <laughs> come and go and that's what uh our vision for a coffee shop always was you know someplace to just sell thunder king and not you know uh you know higher end breakfast foods like that's not our thing um 
so we tried it and it was it was great while it was there and then we ended up finishing that up with them um and we're still figuring out where to put an actual coffee shop that's yeah. kind of our next in the next couple of years that's our plan once we things get rolling again right, um, right but we've definitely agreed on that so um as all that stuff's growing it's moving along good and then boom COVID hits what have you had to do and pivots and you know what's the current plan and state of things now man uh, uh january and february of march or i'm sorry of 2020 were the biggest months we ever had <laughs> and those are the slowest months we should have yeah so it was just i mean it was out of control and yeah. we were just like you know we made it like we <laughs> like this is a this is a viable thing this is a real thing like our our dream that you know brian and i i don't think knew this was our dream like it wasn't like we sat around going oh i want to have a coffee shop but or a coffee company but but once you do it and once you create it and once you build it and it kind of becomes your identity you realize like this kind of is my my dream to do this um and so once march hit you know it was like i remember I remember the first little shutdown, the end of March, you know, it was Friday the 13th or something to that effect. And it was like, we'd get about, I don't know, 80, a hundred orders, you know, every other week, a week or whatever. And it was like four orders mm. and it was like, Oh, Oh, like yeah. this is, you can swear. It's cool. Uh, yeah. It was, it was called punk rock business school. You yeah. Can... Shit. Well, I don't know, dude. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just, <laughs> In perspective, March, going into March of last year, I had the highest student count ever. Yeah. Well, and the highest gross sales we'd ever had. Yeah. And middle of the month, I'm in the studio with the with face to face recording. Our producer is in from Canada, and all of this happens. And then it's like, okay, he's like, I probably need to go home. And we've got two days to get all your drum tracks done. Go. Oh, yeah. And 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 yeah. so as this is happening, I'm my phone is blowing up with parents dropping their kids out of lessons. Now, obviously, it didn't end up working out as bad as it could have, but at the time, you know, right. nobody knew like how is this going to impact your business and what's going to happen. And I was like, if people keep dropping out at this rate, you know, like you said, all of a sudden you went from killing it to like four orders i was like we're not going to sign up any students for months right. right and if they keep dropping out at this rate we're, we're done like it's over you know right just a crazy you know well, that's what that's what we kind of that's what hit us so we uh luckily we had saved some money so uh you know we had some money in the bank uh just for equipment we were going to upgrade some bottling stuff i mean to this day uh, if you drink a Thunder King bottle of coffee, it's literally bottled, filled one bottle at a time. Yeah. Like that's how we do it. That's how I did it from the beginning. That's how we still do it. Um, and so we were going to kind of upgrade that and, and get new stuff. And we hadn't, and luckily we didn't <laughs> because we had some, so we had some money in the bank and we looking back, we unfortunately bought another music school about four months before this all <laughs> well, there you go <laughs> we uh we kind of the more we talked to people they were like oh, it's crazy that you had money saved and i was like what we we just thought that's what you did uh, we had just started to pay ourselves yeah and i mean a couple grand a month each like not nothing crazy like we both had to work other jobs to still make this work yeah we paid our guys uh that work with us you know they get their regular pay, but you know, so we, and we, we wanted to keep everybody on, you know, it, it came in March and people were getting laid off left and right. And it's like, dude, you don't even, we don't even know. Like now is when it's starting to hit the circles in orange County. Yeah. You know, and now it's when it's starting to get crazy. Then it was nothing. If you think back, Right, uh, sure. but people were losing their jobs, losing work, shutting yep. businesses down. Like eh, that was crazy to me. Uh, so, so we we figured out, um, you know me, I'm a 
beacon of positivity. Uh, so we kind of, we kind of talked and we were like, you know, what are we going to do? And it was like, well, we cut all the prices online to wholesale pricing. Uh, we're a wholesaler anyways. And if we've already lost most of our stores, we're not going to interfere with anybody. Uh, so we just kind of cut the online pricing and really just focused on selling online uh, direct to consumer, um, which I don't love as a model and it's the way things are going. And I understand that, but it does cut out the mom and pop shops, um, which, you know, as much as if you are against an Amazon or you are against a Walmart for running out a lot of these small businesses direct to consumer does that too but yeah we just are a small business so it's like a uh, you know half a dozen six of another yeah i mean that obviously we're not the big different... guy yeah i went through this a lot when i worked for guitar center because i would go into new cities and open a guitar center. Right. And and it was always the same thing, which was there would be a one or two established local music stores. And, right. and they all said the same thing. It's not going to work here. Our customers love our personalized small service. And then we'd go in and the, the customers would come in and um, they'd all say, I'm so glad you guys are open. I hated that music store. They always treated me like shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then inevitably like the the bad ones would go out of business sure the good ones did better yeah because we created this thing in the market and i think the challenge is you know and it comes full circle if you own a small music store right now but due to like technology and the way things are available to you now that weren't in the 90s your small music store can deliver a level of experience that's better and compares or competes easily with like a big store. Oh yeah. So, you know, like Amazon, although, you know, still hurting all kinds of businesses in a lot of ways, in, in some ways I always want to say to some of those businesses, some of those small businesses, it's kind of your fault that you're not changing what you do. Oh, that's true. And, and evolving. But at the same time, I order less from Amazon now because it's become such a thing where they're just like, it's really coming from some other business. There's not a lot of like quality control. Right. And other types of online retailers have gone, well, we can get it to you in two days too for free. Right. 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 I'm like, right. okay, well, I'll just order it from my motorcycle shit from Revzilla because right. they do it as fast and as good as Amazon but I know it's coming from motorcycle dudes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's the part I, is like the right thing. Whereas Amazon, it's like, okay, I can get that part, but it's from 28 potential different. It's actually not in Amazon's warehouse. So, I mean, I, I think what, you know, those local businesses have to figure out is because I feel like there's this huge pushback that people really love a quality local store. Dude, so that's now, what, way more than they did in the 90s or 80s when there was a mall to go to. Right. So that's what worked for us. So when when Starbucks came out with a cold brew, everyone was like, oh, you know, they were they were like, oh, they're they're cutting in on your market. And it's like, no, man, they're educating mm -hmm. people on our market. And we're the small organic guy. Yeah. So as long as we can keep giving a quality product our people are going to know us, you know, they say it takes what, 10 years to be overnight success. I mean, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're halfway there. Yeah. If we could keep it going. One of the challenges I would think that you run into with the cold brew and online is shipping versus like, if I were just yeah. a coffee roaster and I just packaged up some coffee, pretty yeah. easy to ship anywhere in the world. Oh yeah. 12 pack of cold brews is like a big thing and it's heavy. Yeah. So, and part of the legal thing of cold brew is it needs to stay cold. Yeah. So we micro filter everything. Like it is so 
filtered down that you could leave it outside, nothing's going to happen. You're not going to get any spores, anything growing inside. We've done all the testing. But legally, per the state of California, it's not acidic enough. Mm-hmm. That's one thing about cold brew. It's low acid. It's easier to drink. Well, they want it to be like a 4.5 on the pH scale so that it can kill any sort of whatever and then be shelf stable. So it's like we're at a weird spot, but uh, we get insulated carriers that fit inside of a USPS flat rate box. Mm-hmm. So it's 13 bucks, I think, on our website to get either four bottles of cold brew shipped or 12 bottles, the same shipping cost. Um, and it's two day, you know, express. So we, we did well with that. Um, some bottles ship better than others. We, gotcha. we learned that, uh, we used to put a cold pack in it and it started freezing the bottles and mm-hmm. exploding the bottles. <laughs> uh, so we had to replace a lot. So, uh, but we, we've done that. And now, uh, I'm thinking in 2021, actually, I do know in 2021, we're going to be doing cans. So we'll have more aluminum canned cold brew, uh, which will ship much better and easier and very easy. So um, I know you had mentioned, you know, the con- um, convention centers and those kind of big events were becoming a big part of, you know, your your profit model. And obviously that stuff took a huge hit, which oh, yeah. impacted you. As you kind of, you know, you mentioned moving to some aluminum cans, which should, you know, make the shipping easier and some things like that. What is your vision as we hopefully, you know, maybe by summer or even late spring, you know, we're, we're probably in the worst of it, like right this second. Right. I agree. Any day now it's going to start to go the other direction, all the vaccines, everything happening. We'll start to uh, relax. I mean, yeah. even just mentally for people, once yeah. it get better, it's going to be like, a OK, it's not there yet, but we can see that it's getting there. We're going to, you know, and it's going to be so, you know, one thing and, and I've talked about this on previous episodes of the old version of this podcast. But like I started thinking, you know, maybe four or five months ago, I stopped worrying about what's happening today. And yeah. I was like. Hey, next year in 2021, by spring or summer, this is what's going to be going on. I just, I'm just already mentally, I don't really care about anything except that. Yeah. What are we going to do then? Because people, when people can go do, like people are going to go bonkers. Yeah. Like the, the amount, you know, the Disney worlds and the other types of places that people just haven't been able to go to are going to have several years of huge increases, the music industry, as long as the venues stick around and all that, which looks like they will, you know, bands are going to eventually get back out there. The touring is going to be, should be great for like two years. What are you guys doing from a, you know, are you kind of looking to really go back to pretty similar of what you're doing or are you making any kind of pivots for the future? Well, like I said, we, we definitely pivoted towards an online, more of an online sales situation. Um, and I think as this has happened, we've been learning how to run an online business. Um, and I didn't really, you know, know before, uh, we have some friends, uh, the violent gentlemen who run an online business and we kind of just observe and learn from them and see what they're doing and like pay attention. And it's like, the one thing I've learned is like, yeah, make new products, introduce new products, like stay relevant, keep going. And it's like before we would kind of do like a season of like, here's this stuff. And yeah, now it's like every you know month we're trying to put out something new, something to at least mm. you remind the guy that just bought a bag of beans, like, hey, you should buy a bag of beans and a hat, you know? So I think Thunder King as a brand, yeah. um, you know, we will be kind of ex- just expanding on what we put out. So if it's, if it's sweatshirts and shirts and, and, and other merch uh, or different coffee beans, or, you know, I've got beans that are aging right now and, you know, bourbon barrels and things like that. So 
cool. once I can put that stuff out. Oh, it's so fun. good, dude. Yeah, it's fun, really good. Fun, I'll get you some of that. That's, so I, I, one of the things, uh, like I said before our call today, I was doing like a kind of a coaching call on about active campaign with a coffee roaster up in uh, Canada. And we were talking about like the coffee business and, and I think it's really similar with wines and stuff that the story is so much of the marketing. Oh and yeah. You can tell a story like these beans, you know, have been roast, you know, have been sitting in a whiskey barrel. Yeah. You know, like the, oh, yeah. like when I was at a, a vineyard in Australia and. Oh, just, I was just in a vineyard in Australia. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, my private jet. No. <laughs> the band was on tour and we, um, and we fly coach and it sucks. And then we stay in not expensive hotels. Oh, I'm sure. Very low level. And we took a, you know, the van driver brought us to, we had a day off. And so we went to some wineries. Then, you know, that's what we do in our 50s in a band. On the yeah. Day off. yeah. 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 Oh, we're in wine country. Let's go wine tasting like a bunch of old ladies, you know? And uh, the guy was just telling these amazing stories. He's like, here's this bottle. And all the vines for this wine, the vine itself has to be a hundred years old. And it's, you know, I don't know. If, I mean, it just made me think it tasted way better. It's cool. I was just like, like that's cool, man. The yeah. Worry about it. You know, and they had a whole, they had a book that the, uh, the guy who started the vineyard wrote a book, you know, I ended up buying the book, you know, and it's yeah. like, it's, yeah, this crazy story too. Like he's in the military and then this happened and this happened and somehow he ended up making wine, you know, and, it was just so interesting to listen to the guys talk about the world of wine, you know, and yeah. I was learning stuff as we went, you know, and the story I think can have such an impact on people's connection to that brand, you know? And I, and I think that is something like to, you know, I, you have a really good start at that with Thunder King, you know, on top of the really cool logo. Cause you mentioned hats and like, that's something you've been able to accomplish is like people who don't even drink the coffee would buy the hat. Like I've never been able to do that with the music school. <laughs> like, I'm right, like, right, right. can we make a t-shirt that you would wear even if you didn't play music, you know? Right. I've never been able to come close to that. But like the Thunder King hat, like I was like, that's a bet. I ordered one right when you came out with them. I was like, that's, well, that's right. Really yeah. cool Thank hat. you. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I, because I, I don't know. Like I said, with skateboarding, it's like, man, if, if there's a, if, if I can sell a hat, I mean, soft goods markups are fantastic. Mm. Uh, so also I give away a lot of crap. So yeah, you yeah. see a lot of Thunder King out there. Everything yeah. we make is what we would wear. So we don't, um, I don't do any promotional items that are pr like, here's a little promo this, but right. it's just, I don't know. Uh, I forget what people do, but uh, if, if we make it, it's going to be what we sell. We're not going to make a cheap thing to give away and then have a nice thing on the website. It's all the same. So I don't want to give away free shit. I want to give away good stuff that you're going to want to wear and in turn, help me promote my brand. So, yeah, that's kind of what, you know, I think that was a big part of Thunder King as well was, uh, you know, the Thunder King Costa Mesa hats that everybody had for a long time. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so let's, let's shift gears here and tell us what's going on with your new venture into the world of podcasting and iHeart Costa Mesa. Well, um, so in October, uh, I was texting with Aaron who did iHeart Costa Mesa and uh and brandy as well and they had kind of i had noticed once the pandemic started their stuff kind of trickled away um and brandy was still out there hitting the streets uh she was doing her thing but you know brandy's got like three kids or something like that two kids and you know every, everyone was busy but um i just noticed so i i reached out and i said hey what's going on and Aaron had said that, you know, she's basically starting to, uh, she was helping her husband more, I think, and just kind of didn't have the time. And also like, you know, people don't want to go out, uh, 
some people can quarantine well and some people can't. And so um, she was basically like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm going to be done with it. I'm going to dissolve it. And I was like, don't dissolve it. Like you should have somebody do this. And she kind of said, well, do, do you want to do it? Like, and it was like, oh, that's what I need. Like another project, another thing to take my time, you know? Um, and I talked to my wife and, said what do, you, what do you think about this and you know of course i said it won't take much time at all uh, <laughs> right. uh, but yeah then um so we we agreed on it and she actually stayed on as the owner and so i kind of licensed the name from her mm. um but by doing that then i had to start a new business so instead of just becoming a part of it with her i had to start my own business so I started the Costa Mesa Hearts Club, um, and then I will do I Heart Costa Mesa, um, you know, and and kind of run that with her. But I can make you know my own merch as well. Do I Heart Costa Mesa merch, whichever, um, because I couldn't I couldn't open a bank account, couldn't run the website, I couldn't do any of that as I Heart Costa Mesa because I don't own that. Gotcha. I see. So I had to start my own thing, which I hadn't planned on doing, uh, you know when I essentially kind of didn't have a job and had Christmas coming up, but Hey, you gotta do what you gotta do. So what, um, what do you see kind of as the vision for it? And you know, where do you want to take that project? Um, you know, before I think it, it was a, what the, what the girls had done was a great spotlight on just all things Costa Mesa, you know, and, and a lot of like interviews with, you know, the guy that's an artist in his garage that you would never know about or uh, this business or that business. Um, but my my plan now, since all this is going the way it's going, is how can I get people's money into buying things from Costa Mesa? Like, that's it. Like, how can we get people utilizing you in the music factory? How can I get, you know... Uh, Jeff from Wicked Candles lives like five houses away yeah, from yeah. me. It's like, how can I get his candles selling? Everybody's buying candles. You're home. His like, candles smell amazing. Dude, his candles are great. Like, we did a Thunder King candle with him. <laughs> but it's like, I want to do an I Heart Costa Mesa candle with him. That you go to his website and you buy it and you support him. Mm. Uh, you know, these restaurants, these little, you know, uh, you know, one thing we're going to do that I actually am going to need your help on is we're going to do like a basically like figure out where's the best tacos in Costa Mesa, you know, who's got the best little taco stand and we'll just go and try them all (laughs) and we'll do it. And we'll talk about all of them. And it's like, you know, a lot of people don't know Roman's tacos on, you know, on Newport Boulevard or these other little places, just how can we keep money in our city? How can we keep our city surviving? That's going to be my goal. Um, is a business focused situation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, yeah. And Sounds some exciting. merch. I, I, you know, working on that show with them, I mean, and it was really interesting because there was just so many people that I, I just knew nothing about any of these people existing or what sure. they did. And it was like, wow, that person does that. And it's right around the corner. It's, it's super, super cool. And it, it was a really positive experience. And I met so many really cool business owners. And and that was what I always thought about from it too. And, and I do want to reach out to a lot of them to be on this show. Cause there was just so many unique and interesting businesses and just a lot of cool stuff going on, you know? And, and it, it was a really great idea to just try to highlight the cool things that are happening within a city. And I think the idea of kind of making it a little more business centric, you know, as we get into next year, um, and, and really, you know, having these businesses all thrive off of each other to some extent, you know, um, and, and, you know, it, yeah, it's that same thing, you know, you, you think like, okay, this taco shop or restaurant or music school or whatever, has been sitting in that same spot for 10 years, right. but you know, if people aren't really paying attention, they could drive by that their whole life yeah. and go, I, I never knew that place was even there, you know, yeah. like, that happens so often in business. I would, when going back to Guitar Center, I'd be working at like <clears throat> the Guitar Center in Southside Chicago. 
which had been in the location for like 25 years. And there was always somebody coming in going, oh, never knew this place was here. <laughs> you know, and you're like, right. How is that possible? If you're a guitar player, how is that possible? Right. Really possible. Because it happened all the time, you know. Where did you buy your crate amps before? Yeah. I right. Know. Exactly. Uh, no, I, dude, I, I just did. So I just did actually my first interview for the, for uh, a, a verbal one, like a, for a write-up was a Descanso restaurant and Rob from Descanso. I, I just kind of reached out to them. They, they had sent out a press release or something. And when you look at that restaurant, so it's new in the last couple of years, it's new and it's nice. Like it's, it, it reminds me, of, it's like a Mexican Benihana, right? Nice place. Well, it looks like a, it's so nice that it looks like a chain restaurant. Yeah. That there could be 20 more somewhere, but they're not. It's, a, it's, it's one guy and he lives in Costa Mesa. And it's like, I would have never known that. And, and when I tell people this, they're like, what? It doesn't, it's such a nice experience. It's such a nice place. But it's a local guy that lives here that opened the restaurant that he dreamed about opening, you know. And it's like that's that's the stuff. Like we'll give you a little bit of info. We'll let you know, you know. And some people are gonna want to play ball, and some people aren't. It's fine. Yeah, There's yeah. Plenty out there. Yeah, that's great. Well, I wish you good luck with that, and uh, I look Thanks, forward man. to uh, helping out with uh, the new version of iHeart Costa Mesa any way I can. And I really appreciate your time being on the show today. Um, where should people go to order their uh, cold brew coffee? You can order uh, cold brew from us at thunderkingbrewing.com uh, or thunderkingcoffee.com. I think they all work the same. All right. Um, iheartcoastamazing.com is up too. We got shirts and things like that on there. And um, yeah, follow us on Instagram. We're thunderkingcoffee. And, uh, and dude, thank you for this. Thanks for doing this. This is a. Uh, uh, I think people don't realize how much work you put into all this stuff. Uh, <laughs> and it's, it. it's to help people like me. And I, and I appreciate that. And I, I like listening to you. So thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thanks so much. And uh, everybody go over to Thunder King and get some cold brew. We always had it at the music factory and uh, it was, it was a highlight. I really, the teachers always scored it all before I really ended up giving much away to the customers, but um, people started coming in all the time and be like, oh, can I, uh, I'll take one of those coffees, you know? Oh yeah. And, uh, it was a nice little added touch, you know, to coming to your music lesson was we would give you. A really okay. Cool I'll bring you more. You know, it was awesome. I'll bring well, you some you know, more. I get it. Now the <laughs> I'm in the school. So I got no, to, to promote Thunder King through our online lesson program, but yeah, man. teachers could just have like a, you know, maybe we could, put it into the branding you know so when they go to their online lesson we have all our sponsors down at the bottom oh, yeah that might be Look good that it's a good yeah. idea see i just came up with an idea hey and this is why we do this <laughs> all right, uh, right thanks so much dean i will right, talk to you soon brother all right thanks buddy bye have a good one